Back Row and Chill with Noel Clark and Johanna James on Foobar Radio. We're about to speak to the Emmy Award-winning film and television stage veteran actor, Joe Morton. Where are you in the world at the moment, Joe? I'm in the Marina Del Rey in California. Ah, Cali. Marina Del Rey. I shot Star Trek Into Darkness out there. Very nice area. Is that right? Yeah, really nice white beach, yeah. I was the first ten minutes that blew up everything before Benedict came and took everything over. So, Joe, one of the most watched television shows is Scandal. And you played the nefarious Rowan. How did you get involved with Scandal at the very, very beginning? No, season two. I'm assuming as an actor, an audition, or were you offered the role originally? It's a very funny story. I came out to L.A. for pilot season. I had, of course, heard of Scandal, but never had an occasion to watch it. Watched the first season on Netflix, and after seeing it, just fell in love with it, thought, oh, this would be wonderful. I could figure out a way to get on the show for an episode or two. Yeah. And before I even had a chance to talk to my agent or my manager about trying to do that, <laughs> I got a call from them saying that Scandal wanted to talk to me about coming on to the show. Nice. And when I spoke to produce Scandal, they made it clear that if I decided to take a role, that at the end of season two, the last two lines would be, hello, Olivia, hi, Dad. And I said, yes, that sounds great. I'll take a job. Wow, fantastic. Oh, my God. Fantastic. You, sir, also, in my eyes, not just because of Scandal and your wonderful career, but you're a legend because you are also in the Terminator films, which I happen to love from when I was a child. What was it like for you back then? Did you know those films or that film in particular, T2, was going to be as big as it was? Well, if you remember, the first Terminator film was rather a low-budget film. Mm. Yeah. It did very, very well. So Terminator 2 was, for James at that point, a very large step up. I was absolutely excited to be part of it, to work both with Arnold and Linda. So it was enormously exciting. Very big difference for me. I mean, I had done... John Sayles movies in the past yeah. were, again, low-budget films, so I had never been around that kind of size and that kind of money in terms of film before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it one of those ones where the catering budget was bigger than some of the budgets of the movies you'd previously been on? I've been there a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, I'd say probably their catering budget was uh, probably as large <laughs> as what one of John Sayles movies uh, yeah. cost. James did things like he would, before we finished my death scene, he actually... When sort of, because you remember at the end, after I die, Linda sort of scoots across the floor and they start shooting at her and all the windows get blown out. Yes. Well, he blew out the windows long before he decided to shoot that scene just to see what it would look like. And I had never been around a <laughs> cloud for that kind of stuff. Yeah, crazy. That's crazy times, man. And he still does that with stuff like Avatar, just huge, absolutely monster-sized movies. And a couple of years ago, you won an Emmy. What was that feeling like to get up on stage and after having such a stellar career anyway? I know you don't define your career by awards, but how did it feel to actually be recognized by people at that stage? It's a very exciting thing when it happens. I was more than happy just to receive the nomination. Yeah. So to win the actual award was just tremendous. Very surprising. I mean, I'd only been on the show for one season and six episodes, so to for all that to happen that quickly I thought was astonishing. It was a lot to take in for a while. I don't know if you ever saw it, but we put out a picture the following day on Twitter of me in yeah, bed. In bed, oh, yeah, no, I've seen it. It's in front of me right now. I've got the picture in front of me right now. And so it may have been it's surprising spinning. to you. You deserved yeah, it. I actually had the statue on dining room table from the night before, and I got up the following morning, went into the dining room just to make sure that it had really happened. <laughs> yes. really before. 
And then my girlfriend said, oh, that's a good idea. Why don't you just get back in bed with the award? We'll take a picture. And that's where that came from. Fantastic. It's a great picture. And so it may have been surprising to you, but it wasn't surprising to us. You definitely deserved that, I have to say. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Joe, for calling in. Hope you have a lovely day. Rest of the day. Not sure what time it is thank in you, California. Sir. <laughs> and continue being an inspiration you, for all of us. You are bye-bye. a genius. Uh, thank you. Back row and chill with Noel Clark and Johanna James on Foobar Radio. Leanne Elm is in the house. Hi, how's it going? Hi, babe. Welcome to the show. Oh, it's all very exciting. You are a comedian. I am, yeah. Trying, always trying. Where did you start? Where can people find you? Oh, where can people... Well, I started when I popped out the womb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was always quite a funny child. I bet you did. I bet you popped out a joke. Thank you. But yeah, a bump. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> very special child, apparently. Very special. Yeah, so I just went to drama school. <laughs> 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 Went to drama school, did an intense three years, well excited, did what yeah. I loved every day, came out, nothing there. Nothing <laughs> happened. Like, Jesus, what am I going to do in my life? <laughs> did a few bits and bobs, opened to theatre school, became a producer for the Wall of Comedy, big up the Wall of Comedy, brap brap. Yep, Wall of Comedy game. Follow wow. them, Joanne Way, Purcell Ascot. And then, yeah, started doing stand-up comedy and a bit of social media influencing, making some funny sketches and making a twat out of myself. <laughs> great, well, that's what we we're all professional twats. Absolutely. <laughs> Bunch of twats in here. Which is great. And so what made you go... I'm going to get up on stage and say jokes. So it was when I was working with the Wall of Comedy, actually. They brought out this Wall of Comedy stand-up live. I was actually producing for them. Javan, one of my managers at the time, said to me, Leanne, you should get up and do this. And I was like, (laughs) 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 all right then. So I did. I put a sketch together, put a little bit together, and uh, it went really well. And I got a stand innovation. Yes, Queen! I couldn't believe it. It was crazy. And then I went and did another one the second week with Axel Blake at his club Tropicana. And I got booed off. So it can go one way or the other is what I'm trying to say here. Oh, gosh. (laughs) What's great is that after that booing session, you've just continued to... I've just continued, yeah. Yeah. I was like, uh, shove it up your pumper lumpers. I'm getting back up. (laughs) Shove it up that pumper lumper. Shove it up your... (laughs) <laughs> we invented a word called pumper lumper. So it's another word for vagine, for vagina. Is your pumper lumper? Vagina. <laughs> Actually, while we're talking about vaginas, because there's a lot of vaginas here, what was like your pet word for it? Or like when you were a kid, like did you call it vagina? <laughs> vagina. <laughs> but did you call it anything else? Because I didn't call it a vagina. Mine was a flower. <laughs> a ripe petal. Your ripe petal. My ripe petal. What did you call yours? No, but I spoke Hebrew. (laughs) (laughs) What's vagina in Hebrew? Pot. Pot like a pot. Like a plant, like a a flower pot. A flower petal and a pot. Oh my god, my flower petal is in your pot. (laughs) My girls, though, my girls have a tendency to call it. A nunny? A nunny? A nunny. Yeah, nunny. I don't even know why they say that. Like, I, I use the word vagina. I say vagina, but they seem to refer it as nunny. My mum asked me what I want to call it. Oh. Well, yeah, what well, did she say? Like, well, she, she went, name your vagina. Yeah, she was like, well, what do you want to call it? And I remember, she said, I apparently I looked down, I looked at the back, and I went, front bottom? <laughs> front bottom. Oh, front brilliant. peach, front peach. <laughs> because I was like, it just looks like the back of the front. <laughs> Made sense. So I got these pair of pleather trousers. Yeah. But, you know, in the heat, sometimes it's nice to wear them on a nice cool summer's day. (laughs) But when that sun comes out a little bit stronger when you're least expecting it and you just sort of pull them down to go for a quick wee and then you can't get them back up. But luckily, I always carry talcum powder. Just luckily I've got a bag of it in my bag. I 
always carry talcum powder, you know, just for a casual chafe. So I think, you know, to just give that talcum powder a little squirt down those pleathers. And that's it. And, it and up they come, you know. Oh. I was As I was walking, it was like dripping sort of a cocaine-type substance <laughs> at the bottom yeah. of my leg <laughs> as I was walking. It was like a Hansel and Gretel, you know, finally Anne. There she is, followed the cocaine. <laughs> Imagine if you forgot that you'd, like, talked earlier and then, you know, some yeah. gentleman removes your pants and he gets poofed in the face by a cloud of talc. I mean, it's actually got quite a nice scent to it. Yeah, I mean, it does. You're like Almost a fairy. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Fairy, fairy dust. Fairy dust. Fairy dust, <laughs> fairy dust out of your vagina. Fat <laughs> <laughs> devil child. Fairy dust. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if I put that down there, it might sneeze. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you need to do some more pelvic floors, babe. <laughs> I really do. Like, we went trampolining this year, a bunch of mates, and it's the first time I've been properly trampolining in about, what, seven, eight years. All of us, all of the ladies, went, whoa, there is some serious bladder. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I, nearly, I nearly peed myself a few times, yeah. and I was like, whoa. Uh, do you know what? Yeah. That happens a lot. I'm actually quite concerned about my pelvic floors at the moment. I mean, yeah. I've actually... And it's uncomfortable. I've been doing them. I'm actually doing them now, sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually doing them. I'm really sort of pulling up. You know, the other day I laughed quite hard. I mean, and just a little bit of weak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can happen. I cross my legs when I laugh now. Like, it's a mess. That's how you know if a mom or when she laughs, we cross our legs. Really? It's for real. But, like, I mean, I, I yeah, I heard this stuff. and like, oh, yeah. yeah, when you get older, your bladder's weaker, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I thought, I just, you just feel like I used to do gymnastics. So I was used to my body being able to do things. And now I can't do them. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah, I can do the split. No, I can't. It's all getting stiff. I woke up this morning with like a frozen shoulder. I didn't know what I did. I'm so glad you said that. That happens to me on a regular. No, it does. Like, I was in the shower the other day and I was just there and I was like, oh, God, that's really quite painful. Just tilting my neck, trying to do the old cat the dog. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the pain. Yeah. All of my muscles. I think it might be partly to do with not sort of intaking any exercise whatsoever. <laughs> exactly. Get my kids complaining about stuff like that. Like like old ladies yeah. and they're seven and five. Like, how is this possible? You're yeah. new. Isn't Your it? body's new. <laughs> my dad said to me the other day, don't, don't come on. We're going to go swimming. I was like, honestly, I couldn't think of anything. Adult, you need to go. You need to go. Do it for yourself, all right? Don't do it for anyone else, for you. I was like, but if I come, I'm actually going to be doing it for you. Because I don't want to go. I don't want to move. I just want to eat a chocolate brownie. Yeah. Maybe that's how you go swimming. Just get somebody, put it on yeah. a float. <laughs> and you can just chase it up and down. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. There's motivation. I'm not motivated to exercise, really, unless, you know, I know I'm going to be naked at some point. So yeah. With guests, and um, <laughs> and then I'm is like, is that why the heating's on? By the way, <laughs> oh, it's very hot in here, yeah. isn't it? She's trying to get us naked. Oh my god, it's so hot! I'm perspiring from every You're crevice. You're sitting right underneath it. <laughs> I turned the aircon off, and I think I broke it. Put it back on, and it's putting out heat. Oh, yeah, I would love you to do the wrap. <laughs> I've got a little wrap yeah. going on. She's got a little wrap that she's going to do. Boom, boom, wrap, wrap. Absolutely. Your other online alter ego, I'm going to say, mm. is a girl called Lil T. Lil T. Big oh. up, brap, brap. And we've done quite a few hilarious music videos. Yeah, we've done a few. Musical yeah. parodies. So, this track, what's this track called? This is called the Donut Anthem. The Donut <laughs> Anthem, which is quite fitting for 
from what we're talking about today. Food. With like food, body confidence, <laughs> flaps. Yeah, flaps, everything. What's that lyric? A belly in the front, body in the back. Yes. That's the one. Right, so Toby, you're so in for a treat here. You're yeah. going to get an actual live rendition. I'm actually quite nervous. I'm going to film this. I made this wrap-up and, and had it produced, etc. because I love food. And when I bought my first wrap-out, there was a lot of trolls. It did really well. It hit 1.5 million views. It did really well. But most of those comments were really horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been told, you know, don't worry about the nasty comments. It's exposure that matters. <laughs> All right. One of the comments was, oh, my God, like, do you know what I mean? All that money you're getting from making that video, you should totally go and buy a gym membership. <laughs> <laughs> and then there were a few more that came in. And in the end, I was like, all right, that's it. In my next one, I'm just going to eat donuts. Yeah. And I'm going to make one up about being just a little bit porky. <laughs> and this is what happened. This is the baby. So, okay, right, little tea, take it away. Ooh. Let's go. Big up all my secret eaters and all my midnight feasters. Shout out Greg's and shout out every independent bakery inside the manor. Lil T's back with a brand new track and she's dropping bars. Let's go. Belly in the front, batty in the back, another KFC and your thighs go whack. Batty in the back, tummy in the front, in between your minge and your belly is a gun. When you get down to the gym, cause you're trying to get all thin. When all you really want is a donut, but you're gonna crack down with some spin. Yeah, Lil T's got the entire selection, never gonna beat her donut collection. If you wanna beat her, take a little seat, yeah, never gonna happen cause you know you ain't got shit, yeah. Batty in the front, batty in the back, another KFC and your thighs go whack. Here we go. Yo, Lil T's got the entire selection. Never gonna beat her donut collection. If you wanna beat her, take a little seat. Yeah, never gonna happen because you know you ain't got shit. Yeah, belly in the front, batty in the back. Another KFC and your thighs go whack. Batty in the back, tummy in the front. In between the minge and the belly is a gun. Yo, up for the bit of bit of break dancing. On the stage with the mats and ting. Oh, speedy go round like a bling, bling, bling. Let's go. Oh, yeah, not really. Everyone in it is cheering for me. Even my mum and my dad. Look over there, my whole family. Dry hump stepper and a spoonie. Out in the back, it's a juicy. Sorry, mate, you're a bit lonely. Let's go. From the front to the back, your family. The lilililility, great personality. I'm environmental, temperamental, sentimental. Some sentimental. Some sentimental. Some say I'm in a minimental Belly in the front, batty in the back Another KFC and your thighs go whack Batty in the back, tummy in the front In between your minge and your belly is a gun Yo, Lil G's got the entire selector Never gonna catch her, never gonna better her If you wanna beat her, take a little seat Yeah, never gonna happen cause you know you ain't got eyes Said Lil G's got the entire selector Never gonna catch her, never gonna better her If you wanna beat her, take a little seat Yeah, never gonna happen cause you know you ain't got shit Yeah that's right. Big up all my secret eaters and all my midnight feasters. This is the donor anthem. Charlie Sloth, hear me now. Fire in the booth. Get me on there. Hey, 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 Chicken. <laughs> oh, they're doing it again. Oh, they're clapping me. <laughs> that was an encore. 
<laughs> I forgot half the lyrics, but don't worry, we continued. That's all right. That's <laughs> all about really, that. that was brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. That's my gym song. Nothing so better. So good. I really want a donut now, though. <laughs> I know. I really want a donut. <laughs> want me chocolate <laughs> in the middle. Absolutely. You're going to do it or something. Back row and chill with Noel Clark and Johanna James on Foobar Radio. So Doc Brown's here. Doc Brown's oh, yeah. here. Doc Brown, guys, that's, let's that's introduce... That's the voice you're hearing, yeah. woo, woo, guys. Woo, woo. Doc Brown, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm having some much-needed respite. It was kind of a couple of years there of not really resting at all. I guess because, you know, when opportunities come your way in our business and you know how that period of time that your candle might burn, you know, <laughs> I've been going for it. Yeah, I got off, like, the press junket for Ricky's film, Ricky Gervais's film. And did you and, guys um, tour? Where did you tour? We just did it everywhere, but we didn't have to travel everywhere. So a lot of people came to London. So but you didn't we, get to go to Japan or anything? No, no, no. We dealt with all the press, but most people came to Soho Hotel. See, I Hotel. think we're losing out, <laughs> Doc, because, you know, Arnold Ocean. Yes. You know, he did the good lie. And he, he toured the world. I don't know why we can't tour the world. Like, he's in Japan, places where they don't even yeah. have black people. And Arnold yeah. was there. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> if you speak to most actors, they would tell you that that's the real sort of graft of the job that they don't yeah, necessarily course, yeah. look forward to, you yeah, know. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, these days you're contracted to that the same way you're, as you're contracted to, to act in the flipping I've film. I've got three kids. I look forward to it. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I know that. I know that and I hear that. The one thing I learned from it, because it's the first time I've ever done it, is that if the film is good, that job is a hell of a lot easier. Because sure. there were some days where... I wasn't even sure if I was saying the same thing twice to the same interviewer because you were doing like 10, 15 in, in a, a row. row. yeah. And I just thought, wow, imagine if the film was shit. Mm. Like, that must be so hard. So and that must happen every day to the listeners, like, so when Doc just said we do 10 to 15 interviews in a row, we're talking about literally, because people don't know this, we literally sit in a room and people come in back to back, don't Yeah, we? yeah, yeah. Back and, to back. The biggest break you'll get is when someone will go, do you want any more water? So, or if you need to go to the toilet. Yeah, and sometimes you don't have time for that. And here's so. the interesting thing. Most of these people come in and they go, you've probably heard this all day. I've got a really original question, though. And they ask the same damn questions that we've been asked all day long. Am I lying? That's very, very true. And I think any time someone just comes out of left field with a question, they get the best interview. And it really makes me laugh listening to interviews or pre-records with other actors, other artists. And then when it comes back to the studio live, the host will say something along the lines of, oh, yeah, I think he was a bit jet-lagged. He, was, he wasn't very responsive. And I'm thinking, I'm sat, sat there listening at home thinking, yeah, but your questions were so boring. You've been hearing the same Sorry, shit all day. I'm just breaking my chair. I'm just breaking my chair. I'm just trashing the studio right now. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to get the best out of an artist, then engage them. There's a film show on, I don't know, plug up film yeah, shows but there, yeah. there's a film show on Five Live Simon Mayo and, and Mark Kermodin oh, oh, oh. I quite like them though. and I take well they're big fans of you man. I love them they're actually. big fans Mark of you Mark um, my G I mean he bigs you up regular when Simon's away I take his place the last time I was on it I interviewed Ben Kingsley so I was part of that junket the other side and I could see what the other interviewers are doing and I just thought I'm just like because the BBC was saying this is what you should say this is what you shouldn't say and I was like you know what let me do it my way yeah, I just feel like I don't know the guy but I feel like I can engage him yeah, and you did. so number one I'm not going to call him Sir Ben I'm just going to chat to him and they were like ooh I don't know and I was like did you go yo Benny <laughs> Benny B yeah. uh, <laughs> hey, yo BK you know what I just obviously I bigged up his movie I'd seen it so I thought yeah, you know what it's actually it's a decent movie so I don't have to lie so that's a good thing Yeah. so I bigged up the movie got him on side i did a bit of research on him i didn't realize he was of mixed parentage mm -hmm. you know yes so i said you know what like i've found like as an actor having a mixture of cultures in my family has informed me on like it's, it's given me 
I don't want to say a universal voice, but it's made me open me up from a young age yeah. to very different experiences, which I think has informed my skills as an actor. What do you think about that? Coming from a biracial background, yeah. you should have seen his eyes lit up. Yeah. He, his eyes just lit up, and he was fully engaged. And then from that point on in the interview, I swear down, he goes, "The thing about you and I, Ben. <laughs> yeah. the, thing, the thing about people like us is we are social chameleons. The thing about you and I, yeah, uh, yeah. people like me, people like you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I was mean, like, I oh, it. Bro, no it. one's getting this interview of today. Of course not. Of course Nobody. not. Nobody. I'm very proud of it. But you know, it just goes to show. Yeah. One small thing." that's just sort of off just well, out of left field you're so going to engage her to, you know, Joanna does that and oh, we often try to we try to educate our young listeners or well, not young but our listeners that a lot of them want to get into the business yeah. if you ever become someone who's interviewing talent always look for a different angle don't just go in with the same questions try and you know like Doc just said that he found a way to engage Ben Kingsley and probably got the best interview out of everyone and I think it's not just a cynical thing of just trying to get the best interview that should be standard practice anyway mm. it's about just trying to be interested and understand that these people could have had 20 or 30 people yeah. in yeah. that and day. also think genuinely about a conversation that you would be interested in yeah like if you think about you when you when you see your mates you're not going to ask them the same stuff yeah do you know what I mean you're going to want a fresh interesting conversation every time you see your mates so hey, think Bill, about how it like how that how was that packet of crisps Bill well, you, well John <laughs> just yeah. asked me that well I'm asking you again just answer. I find hiding alcohol in my underwear, that always is a nice icebreaker for my interviews. Yeah, I'm a sh- I don't have any an right fact. now. <laughs> she <but> says, <laughs> <laughs> "There we go, whiskey." Are we talking like airplane miniatures here? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like been my little thing when I do junkets. If I'm interviewing celebrities, I'll like whip out just to break the ice. Yeah, just do something completely. Yeah, wacky that would, and it works yeah. she's got that down you've been doing pretty well with that actually yeah I've been doing a couple or do like Freudian slips or, or things like that so it's okay. quite fun because <laughs> yeah. they're always like did she just did she just wake them up a bit well, wake them yeah, up yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, people they think I look quite you know nice and innocent and then I'll just like I went in my first ever interview was with Marlon Wayans Mm-hmm. For Fifty Shades of Black, mm-hmm. yeah. and like I went in and was like, "Hello, hello," and I thought he he was like great another you know interview, and I was like, "So Fifty Shades of Grey was good. Uh, is black better?" And then he looked, he sort of like took <laughs> it, yeah, he and then went. I see where we're going. <laughs> and then, like, our interview just went off on another nice. level. We've had a lot of emails coming in being like, oh my gosh, no and Doc together, this has been my dream. Oh, yeah, um, I've seen it. It's amazing. Uh, from, can you guys work Martha. together? <laughs> amazing. Martha so, in Labyrinth Grove, yeah, Martha. We're just going to take a second. What kind of dream, Martha? What kind of dream? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Mm, I bet you want to know. Good this child. is Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> um, it's one of the best, like, pub games or anything. It's a game of wit. It's going to test your wit and see how funny you are. Because you guys yeah. both write comedy, so let's see who's funny. <laughs> I don't write comedy <laughs> that's not how I describe no clock but yeah <laughs> I don't write so uh, it's white cards and black cards I'm going to go first round so normally you person who plays the black cards it's the first person who pooped that day but we're going to forget that and I'm going to just it's, it's the actual rules of the game I don't play right. the shit you know. and then what what, <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed so to do so the point is for example I will read a black card which mm. is normally a statement and on the white cards you have got funny answers okay yeah. so I'm going to read out a statement we'll do a mock one which is in the new Disney channel original movie Hannah Montana struggles with blank for the first time and you guys have got to look through your cards find the, what you think is the funniest right. filler okay. so you hand it to me yeah I all read right. it out and then whoever I think wins the funniest oh, I answer at, I can look at these oh, I didn't realise I could look yeah, at all of them yeah you can look you can look okay great I'll pull out okay, another I've black laid, card I've laid out mine I've got ten here yeah, I'm okay this is the first one ready yes so instead of coal Santa now gives the bad children Blank. I'd go for uh, horse meat. Oh, I give it to you, do yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. 
And then hand me yours. <laughs> instead of coal, Santa now gives the bad children horse meat. Or instead of coal, Santa now gives the children a middle-aged man on roller skates. <laughs> That's easily that okay. one. <laughs> no, you win that worst round. I thought, I thought I might <laughs> with that one. Okay. What's there a ton of in heaven? I'm liking this game. I'm gonna go for it's that so one. funny. Okay, so what's there a ton of in heaven? Authentic Mexican cuisine. <laughs> what's it's there hard a, to come by. <laughs> what's there a ton of in heaven? An erection that lasts for longer than four hours. It's even harder to come by. Um, I think the erection is going to win that round. I think you've got that one. you got a round each. Well done, well okay, done. Okay, awesome. What helps Obama unwind? you <laughs> 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 Yeah, I'm not looking what it is. This is kind of more political than it is funny. But okay. <laughs> what helps Obama unwind? Sexy pillow fights. Mm. Okay, okay. What helps Obama unwind? Not giving a shit about the third world. <laughs> <laughs> political, see? Okay, no. No one wins that one. It is easier. It is easier. <laughs> what gets better with age? Oh, man, this is disgusting. Is it? <laughs> I'm laughing already. I don't even know what it is. Okay. My one is technically true, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mine is right. 100% not true, and anyone who agrees with it needs to see a doctor. <laughs> what gets better with age? Child beauty pageants. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's class. That's dark, though. It's dark, uh, but class. What gets better with age? Concealing a boner. It does. It's not like the old days where you just you get up halfway through your lesson in class and it's just there. Bro, I used to be able to hang a wet beach towel on my shit and now, now it just drops to the ground. Like, I, know, I feel it. I know. I know the, yeah. I bet you do. <laughs> Seriously. What would grandma find disturbing yet oddly charming? <laughs> Goblins. Goblins. <laughs> yeah. What would grandma find disturbing yet oddly charming? The clitoris. Yeah, I bet <laughs> yeah. grandma's never found that shit. <laughs> Depends on when she was born. <laughs> if she's born before 1970, she yeah, but if she's gone. one of those hook grannies from now where she's like 37, then. Oh, yeah, she knows what <laughs> she that knows is all about. It. When I first played this game, I played it with my younger brother, and we all played it, and he got that, and he went, What's the clitoris? This is a problem. How old is your brother? He was about 17 at the time. This is a problem, you see. You young boys don't know where the details are. The goods are. Mm. Yeah. You gotta That's research why that. Old man like me can take you a girl. I can't say that I knew when I was 17. Though. Of course you did. Come on, doctor. I can't say that I knew. I don't know. Yeah, man, I knew. <laughs> my mum was a nurse. I'd be reading them anatomy books when she was at work. Nice. <laughs> I had a book in my house that was called The Breast, but there was nothing about the clitoris in there. It was very scientific. Now, mom, see, my mum, as soon as she's, I'm going to work, darling. All right, mum, bam, anatomy book. Right yeah, no, I was the same with The Breast. <laughs> that exactly That's the quite same. a shame that all you had was a little scientific. No, I also had the Little Woods catalogue. Okay, yes, fine, I had the next catalogue. Yeah. The, the underwear section. Boom, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. There used to be this girl in there and she had these pubes and you could see them through her pants and everything. And I used to go nuts, man. Such an innocent time when you think about I'm it. Innocent. You know what I mean? It was so innocent. The Little Woods catalogue. Yeah. Early masturbation. Yeah. Doc Brown, no club. <laughs> yeah. Tune in next week. <laughs> Back row and chill with No Park and Johanna James on Foobar Radio. We've got a full studio of co-hosts today. I'm so happy, guys. We've got comic consultant in the studio. Do you guys want to say hi? And hey, guys. Hey, guys. Let's go around the circle. Let's have circle time. Who are we? Hey, it's Michael Adji, comic consultant on the mic. It's none other than Yao Buzia, one third of comic consultant. And Shia Delore. The other third. Yeah, the other third. <laughs> <laughs> today, can I be an honorary member? Oh, yeah, you could be the legal consultants. Yes. Of course, of course. Okay, great. Where can people find you? They can find us on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page called Comic Consultants. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Comic Consults. 
correct. Okay. That's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah. Michael, tell us what comic consultant. Yeah, let them yeah. know. Well, basically, I'm the comic consultant, so I'm your guide through the comic verse. So you're like the guru. So we can ask questions. Apparently so, yeah. What's the best comic? <laughs> What's the best comic? It depends. It varies. At the moment, I would recommend Boom Studios, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. We're loving the Power Rangers and today. And Sabian's Go Go Power Rangers from Boom Studios as well. That is a good run. That's where Lord Dracon is. Do most people look at comics online now, like digital comics? You or do you still get them in print? You can get them in print. There's various comic book stores. But in I like paper. I like feeling the yeah. paper, okay, smelling so the paper. In central London, there's about three comic book stores. There's Gosh Comics, there's Forbidden, Forbidden Planet, Planet, and also, last but not, no means least, Orbital Comics. In Camden, there's Mega City Comics. In uh, Croydon, there is A Place in Space. And Forbidden Planet there as well. Weird. If you want to read it digitally, you can go to uh, Comicsology or the particular mm-hmm. publisher's app as well. Do you guys have a YouTube as well? We do, actually. Yeah, have a YouTube we do. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's your favourite social media platform to make content for? Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, for me right now, it's Facebook. It started off as YouTube, but they went left, didn't it? Yeah. I'm controversial like that, so I'll say it. They so went you left. Guys, yeah, well, you guys are going to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've Facebook. Well, basically, yeah, favourite is Facebook slash Instagram. Mm-hmm. They, they can reach us on all platforms, actually. They can reach us on Facebook mainly, and also converse with us in Twitter. Not Twitter. Yeah, Twitter too, but also Instagram. Yeah. Definitely Instagram yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay, so you guys are Facebookians. Yeah. Facebookers. Is that working? Like you calling you? that? Yeah. Maybe we're trying to reach a million. Yeah, we're trying to reach a million right like down. you. I heard you got mad numbers, so we're trying to hit that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I've got quite a few. Facebook is a bit of a different one because it used to be the platform for getting lots of viral videos, and now mm-hmm. it is ten times harder. So, absolute shout out to anyone who's still making content for Facebook or any kind of platform, really, because mm. you've got to really have the passion in it because the views aren't as easy to get now. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is really cool that you guys are still like. Yeah, we're yeah. Gonna do that. Well, yeah, we made the switch. We've made the switch from red to blue. So. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's kind of funny because it's it's working out. Our content's more long form, and I think that's where Facebook is going anyway. So we're kind of walking yeah. into the. So you guys category. all on camera? No, it's nah. me. I'm the face the of it. I'm the day behind the scenes. I'm the person uh, that's the face of it that has the knowledge, the know-how. I don't talk about comic books alone. I talk about TV shows, films that are comic book related, okay. even anime as well. Right. Well, I thought I would test you guys just really quickly. I've got a couple of Marvel theme tunes. Uh-oh. And I'm going to see if you can get them. So I'm going to play a few seconds from the theme tune. Okay. And then this you guys... You, so <laughs> shout out... No question yet? Okay, cool. Shout out if you think you know it. Okay. Here we go. That should be playing. Okay, here we go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Four Yes! Well done. Yo, that's a real comic consultant, me. <laughs> okay, well done, Paul Ragnarok. Okay, all right. Number two. Um, it's coming up. <laughs> We've got to wait for the song to finish. <laughs> it sounds like Avengers. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Iron Man. It's you got that. It is. Yeah. Oh, it's Iron Man. Are oh, you on fire right now? Oh, my God. <laughs> Let them know Seriously. what you want. Okay, okay. Right, we got to wrap it up, but can you get the third and final theme tune? I'm You're going to be free for free, Michael. I'm I believe try. in you. I believe in you. <gasps> Ant-Man! Yes! Boom! Bye! <laughs> oh, thanks, y'all! Anytime you know, obviously, obviously you know what time it is. You know what time it is. You know Oh, uh, guys, I wish I literally had 24 of those, so you guys uh. have actually got out of having to go through 24 <laughs> songs. <laughs> but, guys, it's been great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Uh, Grow and chill with Noel Clark and Johanna James on Foo Bar Radio.
Boom. We're back in the room. Double guests. Twins. Twins. You're our first twins on the show. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Woo. Well, yeah. usually it would be my fantasy. They're very good. <laughs> Not my type, guys. <laughs> but good looking nonetheless. Totally my type, my fantasy. Okay. Uh, it's um, good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome oh, to the show. Thanks for coming, bro. I'm going to introduce yourself to our listeners because you're both actors and you've both been in things like Peaky Blinders. Yes. And yes. you've got a new film that you're promoting. Yeah, so I'm Matthew Poskley. I play Remus in The White King that comes out tonight. And I'm Jeffrey Postway. I play Romulus, a friend of For anyone who doesn't know what that is about, if you want to just what? pitch the film. <laughs> it's kind of like a dystopia, futuristic, really gritty drama. Very drama heavy, which is perfect. Though. So it's based on a Hungarian novel, is that right? Yes, it is. We actually filmed it in Budapest as well. Wow. Yes. Um, is this a famous Hungarian novel? Is this like well-known? It is. Yeah, it's won loads of awards in his country. Yeah. Then there was a transcript which got translated into English. Yeah. Then it, it landed like on... 20 different languages it's in at the moment. Yeah, and it landed on the top of these director's table. It's this husband and wife duo. They both directed it, which is really interesting, Jorg and Alex. Jorg actually stayed more behind the camera Alex was with the oh, actors so it was it was interesting to see the dynamic yeah. yeah then they turned it into a screenplay then we shot it in Hungary Budapest yeah we were actually in Budapest for three weeks it was wasn't it we were yeah nice. the whole film was about three months no no I think it was a bit less than that yeah maybe two months let's say two months that's, that's not bad though like, that's decent know. yeah three yeah. weeks in, had you guys ever been to Budapest before no and actually when we got Never. there we had three days where we could just explore the city and just that's rare around, yeah. went to all the baths yeah it was amazing yeah so it's, it's Alex Helfricht and Jorg Tittel. Correct. Yes. Husband and wife, eh? Yeah, husband and wife duo. Uh, okay. Was that amazing. a bit like sort of having, you know, how you play parents off the other? Be like, well, she said. Did <laughs> 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 you, you ever just do your own thing, like your own performance, and then be like, well, yeah, he, uh, Jorg said I could do what the fuck I want. Right, yeah, no, we should have utilised it more. <laughs> yeah. But it was interesting to see their dynamic and our dynamic as yeah. well, because this was the first film that we've done together. So it was interesting to go back to our roots and play Twins Again. Where so are you guys from? The Lake District originally, but okay. we've been living in LA for about three or four years, kind of on and off. Same with yeah. our working yeah. papers, we've been doing that recently as yeah, well. Yeah. But you've adopted the accent. I have, no, but in <laughs> 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 switch back. I was talking to my friend in America, and as soon as people are American, I'm like, you just switch, switch back. Yeah. I do that. Yeah. You're kind of a bit more chill. You're like, yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm from the north of England. So <laughs> I'm kind of like, <laughs> yeah, 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 great, great. So who got into acting first? Has one sort of got in and brought the other, or did you both go in together? Or? It was actually me that got in first, Matthew. I, I <laughs> just, just to specify, it was just not Matthew. He's like the Rock now. Matthew's like the Rock now. The Rock says, it was me, Matthew. Yeah, I ended up doing a commercial. I was at university. We were studying business studies. Oh wow! So quite late, eh? Yeah, it really was. Yeah, we, we always wanted to be actors, but coming from the Lake District, Cumbria, there wasn't that many avenues other than yeah. like your plays and stuff, yeah. which we did a few. But then we quickly moved over as soon as we went to uni. Right, so you guys are what, 20 what now? 25. So you've only been doing this, what, like three years, maybe? Oh, uh, like seven, eight. Hold on, he said yeah. university, though. Yeah, yeah. Something's co- I was yeah, yeah, I guess, 18. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Seven years. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. You guys have done so well, huh? Yeah, that's really proud. How's mum and dad from the Lake District? How they they must be well. They love it. They're they're actually down tonight. They're not Uh, getting into acting too, are they? Whole family. Well, my mom my actually mom, she watches it and she's like, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when it's we like always have a script as well and we're not rehearsing with each other. She's like, I'll rehearse with you. Yeah. So she goes to read the lines and she's like, 
Terrible. It's like, no, the castle on the hill. It goes for it. It really, really goes for it. Right. That's good, though. That's good. Good. And your characters in the films, like in The White King, obviously your brothers, I'm assuming you're close, I don't know, but your brothers yeah. in the film are your characters, I'm assuming, are twin brothers too. They yes, are, yes. yes. Are they always together or is there a sort of separation thing here without giving too much away? Actually, no, in the film they're always together, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They are kind of these bad characters we, we always seem to play bad characters for some reason like bad is not like bad characters but yeah. bad is like evil yeah. guys it's yeah. so different to who we are though as people I think that's yeah, that's what they all say we, we, <laughs> yeah, right. we're not yeah. really we're, we're, we're not really super villains <laughs> no, so yeah. that's what they all say right? and how did Peaky Blinders come about? I was in final year of university this time when we first got cast in that yeah Peaky Blinders is set on an actual story and most of the characters are real there was actually twins Nipper and Henry in the actual Peaky Blinders gang so they needed twins to be cast so I remember when we went for the audition it was Otto Bathenhurst that was there he actually won the BAFTA for it yeah Yeah, we literally our first audition was with the director and producers into this room to be fair we're still quite new to the industry Mm. so we just went in oh this is how it normally is (laughs) (laughs) so much different but yeah from there we got cast it was such an incredible experience it really was I can imagine great great show you guys must have absolutely loved it yeah like, like Killian Murphy and Helen McCoy just to be around and of course Sandy yeah. Hill is just incredible we learned a lot from that show you, I'd can, say you that's can only ever learn though with those guys eh? exactly. yeah. it's just an amazing yeah. experience yeah. yeah I know Helen McCoury as well Helen McCoury is yeah. phenomenal she's, great. she's in 431 wow. she's in my film 431 she plays Emma Roberts mother Oh yes. oh, nice. Oh, yes. There you go. It's connected. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Small it gets smaller and smaller. Yeah, <laughs> smaller and smaller. Yeah, it does, right? Eh? That's awesome. What's next for you guys? You fly back out to LA. Pilot season, season, that whole season. crazy fun thing. Yeah. He's actually flying back 20 hours after me. What was the reason for that? We just didn't end up. We talk about lo- loads of things, but we just like know. Each other. <laughs> yeah, well, you got the twin thing? We talk about work, but we don't talk about how we travel. Do you guys live work. together in LA? No, we don't. No, we don't. No. Okay, interesting. That's yeah, interesting. Okay. Too much. Independent twin. That's cool. That's yeah. nice. You guys are doing so well, so I don't want to Thank give you. you any old man patronising. <laughs> One thing I've learned is always create, because yeah. you know, sitting there waiting for the phone to ring, you never know what's going to happen. And had I not created my own stuff, we wouldn't have the greatest British trilogy of all time. There you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> One of the only British trilogy. Yeah. But, but you get my point. Though, yeah. You know, it's always create yeah. and do your own thing, man. It's important. Are you related to the great? Pete Possible. Uh, we are distantly. It's been asked a lot in interviews. Yeah, it's such an unusual name. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 he's not my father. My dad has told us how we're related. I'm still waiting for the family tree to oh, come okay. back. I think yeah. it definitely runs in the blood somewhere. The, yeah, because the, yeah. the names are direct. Have you met him? I didn't meet him. My yeah. father met him, though. Yeah, we yeah. did. Oh, your dad hasn't yeah, met him. He had yeah. met him, yeah. But I no, wish I didn't get the chance <laughs> to meet him. Well, thank you so much for being, like, the first official twins, twins yeah. ever that we've had. You should see the next ones I'm inviting. You guys might want to come back here. Yeah, we'll be back. Percy, are you with us? Yo. Thank you for coming on the show. That's cool, man. Thanks for having me. Now, for people who don't know who you are, you are an actor and also one half of the Waller Comedy mm-hmm. Empire. <laughs> Let's say Empire now, because it's more than just a Facebook page. It is an empire. Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying. <laughs> Which is crazy. And, well, you guys are always, you're busy. You're always in and out of the country doing everything. I'm kind of hard to place where you are most of the time. Run me through what you've been up to, because this year is going to be so big for you. Oh, mate, where do I start? So... Currently, I've just finished doing a series on Netflix, and that is called The Innocence. Okay, that's good. So, The Innocence, what is that about? Wow, okay, so The Innocence, it's about 
June's character, so June and Harry, and they are together, they're teenagers, they live in Yorkshire, and they run away from their oppressive families to be together. Oh. So they run away to London. Romeo and Juliet. And, well, a bit like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> and they're derailed by, like, an extraordinary discovery that June has the ability to shapeshift. And cool. so these two lovers, they struggle to keep their innocent dream alive, and then we've got like a mysterious professor who promises to cure June and reunite her with her mum. And then Harry is going through his past experiences with his family and his dad. So ultimately, it's a story about family. It's about love. And on top of all of that, we've got this ability to shapeshift, which is a curse. So they can't actually control how to shapeshift, stuck in someone's body. You play Harry, obviously, like the lead and guy. And I, I play Harry. The lead guy. <laughs> and so it's set in London, but where did you yeah. shoot it? Did you shoot it in London, in Yorkshire? Well, yeah, I mean, we did it in Yorkshire. So it was in Yorkshire for, like, say, a couple of months, I think maybe about three. And then we were in Norway for a long period of time. Cold, so I right? got to Cold. see, yeah, yeah, got to see the lights and stuff, the Northern Lights, and just spent some time there. And then we was in my hometown, London. Which was quite cool, because certain locations, I was like, hang on a minute, I've been here before. Oh, yeah, it was that night out I went on. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm filming here so. for a Netflix show. Oh, my God. Pinch exactly. me. Pinch me, babe. <laughs> so what was the audition process like? Because what you were doing is really inspirational, yeah. because you are one of very few people who have managed to go from the internet to, like, Hollywood. You're like bridging that gap, which is amazing because you're like cranking open the door and that's kind of the hope of, that's a dream of everybody who does stuff on the internet, isn't it? They're like, Thank what if we can? So you're like one of the first ones through, amazing. So what was it like, like auditioning? And it was a really tough experience, I can't lie to you, you know, like even to any actors who are listening, like I went through 10 auditions and it was over a time frame of say like three four months maybe so you know that feeling you get you know when you're auditioning and you're like okay cool this is the one i just nailed that audition and then to know that there's another one another one and another one so if anything like i just took everything with a pinch of salt and i just went into each room and i just said to myself you know what let me just do what i can do yeah and, and that's it really and just yeah keep my head up and Fortunately enough, fingers crossed, fingers and toes crossed, I got the role. So that was amazing. Plus, obviously, working, you know, the wall of comedy and doing what we're doing there, it's nice to kind of merge the two worlds together yeah. in terms of, you know, being a social platform and running that, producing content. And then now I'm, like, working with Netflix, which also are doing what we want to do. So it's also nice to be in the Netflix engine and family and just kind of, like, get to see what the secrets are. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you can tell us the secrets of the Netflix. I mean, maybe you can tell me off air, yeah, just like totally link me up with that. And where were you when you found out you got the role? Because that's always like a bit of a life-changing moment. Do you remember where that you... That was. You were like, on the toilet incredible. or like, what were you doing? I, I wish I was on the toilet now. I mean, that would be, be a better story. So I went to a rehearsed reading for a different show. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I went there and in the back of my head, I was like, okay, anytime soon I'm going to hear back from Netflix. We do the, you know, the first act of this rehearsed reading and then I get a call from my agent and I'm like okay so we have a break in, in the rehearsed reading and I pick up the phone speak to my agent and it's that moment that they tell you the news and your heart's just beating out of your chest and you can't contain yourself and I was literally in the corner of this room with like 30 other people watching me going crazy and then I had to like get, <laughs> calm myself down and get composure and get back to my seat and just continue with that rehearsed reading but I just remember calling my mum as soon as I left that venue and calling yeah all my friends and family who were supporting me and just yeah like going we did it we, we made it got the role 
Mum, I've made it. I'm on Netflix. <laughs> That's mental. And yeah. and so with like the wall of comedy. So if anyone's listening yeah. and you want to check out, like, what is that? And so it started off with Mandem on the wall, and you yeah. were doing like was it YouTube sketches actually first? We would look at them like episodes. So we actually were trying to do a TV show, but just on YouTube because we were doing that because we felt as though there weren't enough TV shows that had the references that we wanted to see. Yeah. So we just thought, you know what? Let's just make it ourselves. We got a camera got some dodgy sound and just made it happen. <laughs> but you guys are actually so ahead of your time because now, like a few years later, the internet is turning towards episodic content. Platforms are wanting people to make episodes of characters and things. Yeah. So you guys were like way ahead But I feel like game. it's more like a, a cycle thing. I feel like it's like a full circle because even before us, we had like guys called Shabrak and the Mandem. There was Jazzy, uh, Hamza, Ace Weezy. So all of these guys that were doing content before us, they were already kind of setting that blueprint and if anything i feel like we've gone to that place where with content it was like bite-sized like mm. a minute mm. to two minutes and now audiences want to see like longer form so if anything it's just about like i guess adapting with the times and just trying to like basically evolve with what's going on and hopefully you know people keep enjoying what we do <laughs> for sure so that's what you've done this is what you're doing what in the future yeah. are, like can you give us any kind of little insights into what you're up to or what you're auditioning oh, for what's going on in the all industry the secrets. Yeah, all the secrets <laughs> i can tell you more about the world of comedy and we're just looking to keep pushing the platform. You know, our biggest dream was to create a network, a network in which would employ talent in front of the camera and behind the camera. Mm -hmm. And we're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to try and be a revolution within the whole TV and, you know, film department. So we're going to keep creating content. We're going to build our own platform in which maybe people can subscribe to. Yeah. And you basically model around Netflix. And we've got content that we're, we're going to make in America now. So we've got some stuff set over there. We want to work with more talent and just basically amplify everything we're doing currently yeah. and just take it to a, a bigger level. And then with acting, as well as the Netflix project I've got going on, we, we did this thing called Shower Story which is on yes. YouTube, and we did part one of this, which is like a musically narrated short film, which did, I think, maybe about two million hits within a week. So, And that was on YouTube, uh, isn't it? Hits. Yeah, that's Because that's hard. Yeah, if you get a million hits on YouTube, that's like gold. Like, whoa. Yo, we was like, this is, yeah, that was incredible. So we're looking to do part two, shooting it very soon. So hopefully, yeah. you know, we can kind of get the same results there. But we're just going to keep creating. We're just going to keep having, have fun and keep creating. I love it. I just want to just also shout out again, because we've got people who are listening to the show who maybe want to get involved. And one thing that you guys do at World of Comedy really well is that you get people involved. So your chat nights, what's it called? Chit chat? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you have nights yeah. where you get people who want to be, who are interested in the industry or already work in the industry. And it's like genuine networking. Exactly. Yeah, I, I guess like the big thing with us is that ultimately, end of the day, we would like to create like the solution to the problem. So if we can create an, a night called Chit Chat in which we can invite down people in front of the camera, behind the camera, and just basically help facilitate people meeting and hopefully people can work together. So yeah. we do that once a month down at our office or at a venue within Shoreditch or Old Street and just, yeah, like we just have fun with it and get some, which is really cool. We get people to come and we interview people who have been in the industry. Yeah, for sure. And in fact, I need to get you down 
the next one. Oh, thank you. Make that happen. I mean, for sure. <laughs> I came down to yeah. one of the last ones, and it was so good. I met some people that I because they were some creators who were actually based in Birmingham, uh, like Sideman wow. and T One Official, and like we connected at that. And we're like, we should make some content together. So we've been working on content, yeah. and I would never have probably crossed paths with them if it wasn't for your event. So I'm like, yeah. So people can go and check out Wall of Comedy and like Instagram and Facebook, and they can find out where all these things are and get involved. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get involved. Check out our Instagram at the Wall of Comedy Facebook the wall of comedy find any of the like latest of what we're doing all the stuff that's going out oh well Percy yeah. thank you so much for speaking with us and The no Innocents on Netflix thank you no much thank you ta Black Row and Chill with Noel Clark and Johanna James on Fubar Radio Welcome, we've got our next guest in the studio. Hello. So, welcome, yeah. welcome, welcome. I don't want to mispronounce your last name, but it's Adjura. I want to go on a show. On a chalet. On a I've got a name. People mispronounce my name. What's your name? Johanna James. We people like, are Johanna? <laughs> like, yeah. It's so, hold on. So, pronounce your full name again for me. Adjura on I do you a notion. Woo! That's a queen's name, bro. I know, man. You know what I mean? That's a queen's name. <laughs> I'm not even playing. That's a queen's name. I'm about to leave my missus out here. Notion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the power of a name. All right. So tell us about yourself, eh? So I'm here because I've got a show on that I wrote and directed. Some theatre. Some theatre, darling. <laughs> as part of Africa Utopia at the South Bank Centre. Mm-hmm. And it's called Expensive Shit. And it's about toilet attendants. Wow. The name's to do with the actual piece, but also it's based in two toilets. One in the Shrine Nightclub in Lagos. Shrine Nightclub was Fela Kuti's club when he was alive. Fela Kuti, yeah. And the second set of toilets is in a club called The Shimmy in Glasgow, where a story broke in 2013 about a two-way mirror in the girls' toilets. And men could pay to go and sit in a room, £800 per night, sit in a room and watch the girls' toilets without girls knowing. So, like, all I've done... That's real? Put, yeah, it's real. And it's real. Like, oh, where, where is this? That's terrible. Give me the address to this place so I can, so I can complain about this. <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. Just give me the, text me the postcode. Arnie, we've got to go down there and stop this nonsense. Yeah, we've got to go down and tell them to stop. <laughs> so, is it the same character? That goes yeah, from she goes, Nigeria yeah, so to she's, Glasgow. Yeah, basically. So she's, she's an older woman in Glasgow and she's a toilet attendant, but her past is that as wannabe dancer in Felakuti's band in the 90s mm. in Nigeria. So this is the true story? Well, it's based on true facts, but, uh, you know, I've gone to... Creative license. license. Yes, Creative yes. License. And you wrote, you wrote it yourself. Yeah, I did. And you star in it? No, I've got four actresses. Yeah, four. It's a four-hander. Okay. Yeah, so they all dance, switch accents, switch locations. So I, I have a question for you. Yeah. You know, this sounds amazing, and I would, I would love to see it. I have a question for you, though. As a black woman, writing yeah. and directing... Has it been a challenge to get to where you've got? Do you look at people like Amara Santi and kind of go, man, that's kind of my inspiration? Or you got to make your own work. Yeah. Because nobody's going to give it to you. That's what I'm talking about. Do you know about? what I mean? Yeah. That's the reality. Yeah. I was first an actress, and, uh, you know, I thought I was all right, but I just wasn't getting the parts. Yeah. I knew that if I wanted to create my own work, I had to go for it. Yeah. So, amazing. Yeah, that's what you I did. did. That's amazing. You hear amazing, that, guys? Man. You hear that, guys? You've just got to go for it. You've just got to go, go for it. You can't wait for people to. Mm, just write yeah. stuff. Yeah, write it. I was scared Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> like Arnold's like laying off gas no, in the corner. It's it. <laughs> like I'm saying congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> He's nervous. He's in the 
presence of a queen. Yeah, I'm nervous. <laughs> the queen is here. <laughs> when she says her name again. Sorry, I'm nervous. That's great. So you wrote, yeah, because I used to be so scared of writing because I thought being a writer was some sort of like far off high. But then I was like, no, I've got some ideas. I've got some stories and ideas. Yeah, and I'm just yeah. going to scribble that down, scribble that down. So how did you start going? Did pen? anyone encourage your writing? Um, I think Schmalsch Mark did. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. That's <laughs> good because I think that's part of it as well as having people around you who can help you and inspire you and support you mm. as you're writing. But I think theatre needs different voices, so it's not about mm-hmm. getting it right. There's no right way of writing. It's just a voice, and every voice is original. So just put it on paper. Absolutely, Ooh. that's right. And how long is the show? Is it? Um, it's 55 minutes crammed. 55 minutes. I don't like. To, I don't yeah. like to bore audiences. So, it's yeah. There's a lot going mm-hmm. on, and the whole point of the festival is to celebrate the fact that Africa can lead the way mm-hmm. in terms of like technology, gender, art, film, all these things. Because you know, Africa gets a bad press mm. generally. Yeah. And so it's just highlighting all the different things that the continent leads on. So there's lots of arts exhibition, there's dance, there's music, the Cape Town Opera is there, there are fashion shows. It's really exciting. Yeah. Previously to this show, is this like your debut show or have you had I wrote another show actually about a woman called Henrietta Lacks, you heard this story? Mm. The first cells to be kept alive outside the body were from a black woman in Baltimore, except nobody asked her. In the 1950s, exactly. Yeah. And her family found out in the 1990s, by which point her cells were in 90% of labs in the world. They'd been bought and sold and bought and sold and bought oh. and sold. The birth of the pharmaceutical industry was based on her cells. The woman didn't know. And her family didn't know. So I read this brilliant book called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, which you can get, and I was just furious, man. Yeah. I was furious I that. that I didn't know about this woman. Do Who's myself. affected all yeah. our lives? If, yeah. you t- if you've taken a pill stronger than an aspirin, you owe it to her because of the fact that because her cells survived. Yeah, yeah, and also they tested all sorts of things on her cells because they were the first human cells that you could test stuff on. That's amazing. Like. So Oprah's doing a film. That's what I was going to say. Like, are you writing the film script or anything like Wouldn't that? Wouldn't that be great? Have they worked out why her cells survived? Well, they, I think it's because they were cancerous cells, right? But mm. nobody really knows. And that's why her family thinks there's, like, spiritual dimension to it. Yeah. Like, that she was pissed off with the way that they treated her. Because it was during Jim Crow and she would have gone into a coloured hospital and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Speech marks on coloured, right? And so they feel like it's her cells kind of going... I'm gonna, yeah. yeah, so... Yo. If amazing. I can have them immortal cells, I'll have some of them sort of, you know. Yeah, you know cell I mean? pill. That's amazing. Well, that's an amazing story, and obviously, it'd be intri- it'd hope they don't Americanize the story too much and yeah, that's Holly- the thing, I mean, isn't sorry, it? Hollywood it too yeah, much. You know yeah, what I mean? And would you ever think about a film of your show or a TV show? Actually, I have been approached. And it's interesting because I don't know how sexy toilet attendants are. Uh, no, I, know, I, know a, I know a few that are not bad. You know. <laughs> well, that's sexy. Yeah, yeah, not bad. You know. I've seen a few uncles in there. Strong, 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 strong women. It's funny because like male toilet attendants tend to be younger than female ones. Yeah, not that I've seen that many, and I've hung mm. around in yeah, boys' toilets that much. You know that. But when I see them, they seem to be younger to me. They seem to be like you can get guys like in their twenties, early thirties, right? Be yeah, male, but then what? women right. are generally like. That's because you guys are smarter 40s. than us, and you've had your career, and then you're chilling and like I'll be a toilet tent, and the young guys are whatless, and they're like, you know what? I'm no, lazy. I'm not gonna go to the toilet. The guys, they look older, so I don't know if it's the toilet smell aging them. <laughs> oh man! Can you think of a worse older. job? I can't think of a worse. I can job. think of a few worse jobs than that. Really? Yeah. What? I don't know what worse. <laughs> 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 Shit shoveler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Although they worse. do have to do a lot, some of that. 
to have children. I don't know, you know. No. I think there's separate teenagers that come in. And the attendants are the ones well, that the spray thing. you with the team, give you the towel. Yeah, yeah. Do you know Watch what I didn't realise? They don't get paid. What? No, they take the tips. They take the tips. They live purely for the eight hours that during the club. They just get I tips. That's basic. Yeah. No, that's but what they started wrong. doing is they get paid as cleaners in the day, and then they just stay through the night. Just, and I didn't know that. Yeah, mm. it's all on tips. Mm. But that's so. it's such a it's a cool subject because everyone's been to the toilet within a like everyone know. I've they, never been to the toilet. I've never been to the toilet either. <laughs> Everyone's been there, and everyone's met an attendee. They've all got an attendee story, or yeah. like you know, especially when you get a really nice one. You know, you're just like, yeah. oh, I really needed a tampon. Like, <laughs> 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 like, yeah, man. Yeah, they got eight in the girls' one, mate. It one is time like, I needed one. It's like a boot. <laughs> <thing there. laughs> listen, that's a long story that I won't even go into. But, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. back row and chill with No Park and Johanna James on Fubar Radio. This is Max Castella. Yeah, I'm right here. Yay! Hi! When I was in The Lion King, which I was in the original company. Oh, wow. And cool. I played Timon, and I have the Timon puppet on. Everyone's mic'd up. And puppet broke in the middle of my singing Hakuna Matata. Oh, my God, no. And it was in the middle of a matinee with a bunch of children. Oh, no. And it was hurting me so bad, I finally made it through the number. I got off stage, and before I, they could turn my mic down, I just said, get this fucking thing off me. <laughs> it went out to the entire audience. All the kids! Oh my god, you've the ruined kids. the best story. <laughs> yeah. They still talk about that one. <laughs> I think it's even better because it's like a Disney play that yeah. made the story even yeah, better. Yeah. Back row and chill with Noel Clark and Johanna James on Fubar Radio. That was a soundbite from the new documentary, Who's Gonna Love Me Now? And we have the co-director and producer of that documentary in the studio, Alexander bowden Safir. That's how you pronounce oh, it, yeah. yes. Well I just, done. I just say with confidence something well and done. hope it's right. I just go, hey, man. I'm hey, not hey dude. I'm just like, how yo, bro. I mean, this is powerful stuff. Let me just say something to the listeners, because obviously our show has a probably has a certain demographic that may think, oh, man, documentary, oh, gay people and all that. And let's not lie, that's kind of the demographic yeah. of the show. You know, I think people that do listen to this show that hopefully I and Jahan have educated, you know, these are things you need to watch. These are things you have to go and see, you know, to educate yourself about the world and about life and about what people go through. So, you know, I'm going to hand over to you for you to say more, but I just want you guys to, you know, take things seriously. You know, we put things on this show so that, you know, everyone that emails in says, I want to get into film, I want to do this. You're understanding that there's many complexities and many things in film and documentary and life, and, and this is why you're here to learn. Over to you. And actually, you know what? I mean, oh, gay films, oh, documentary. That, that, that was me not so long ago. And I swore I'd never make a documentary film. I never anticipated I'd make anything. Well, tell, us, tell us what it's yeah, about. Yeah, just the premise of... Yeah, tell uh, us what it's about for the, uh, for the listeners before and then tell us that story there because I think I, I really want them to understand what this is about. It's about life. It's about the pursuit of finding a family and finding a home. It's about a Israeli man who's gay and HIV positive and is thrown out from his family because of his sexuality. Mm. And he comes to London and he discovers a life that he never knew existed and he joins the London Gay Men's Chorus. Yeah. And if you're going to find a family that's going to accept you, there is no better family than <laughs> the London Gay Men's Chorus. And then the universe threw him a curveball, as the universe sometimes does, and the opportunity to reconcile with a family that he really thought he would never see again. And our film is five years following that kind of reconciliation process, mm. or not reconciliation, you know. You talk about gay film, you talk about documentary, this 
to me it's not a gay film this is a film yeah. this is a story no 100 i'm just talking from the way some of our, no, our yeah. listeners sure. would uh, would respond i'm a straight man who fell in love with this story i didn't expect to to that at all yeah what happened was some friends of mine said look we want some help making a film we got this guy we want you to meet him we want you to do a bit of filming just a couple of days and i said i'm working on a feature film i'm writing something i don't have time and they yeah. said look half an hour <laughs> for a drink yeah and when you see this film you'll understand that half an hour with sir the the, the lead character turned into three hours i can imagine i didn't want to leave he had to throw me out <laughs> and um and it's just because he's captivating and his story is just so engrossing and it's not a gay story i mean it, it has gay elements in it but i mean it is a universal story about family yeah about belonging and something i think that everybody can relate to it's one of the reasons why the bfi yeah became involved it is but yeah it's about family essentially and regardless of who or what you are you know it's about how your family re can react to your choices and your lifestyle it's very interesting especially his brother i was really surprised by his brother listen i mean that family is phenomenal and the other thing that i think it's really important is dialogue and communication mm -hmm. and that's something that you know these guys have all got very very different perspectives on life and they don't always agree but the fact that they can talk the fact yeah. that they can actually have these conversations and put their points across yeah. and listen to each other and it's not just waiting to talk it's actually really listening to each other but that took a moment in itself you know there was the you know there are moments in there when he says you know you didn't even know i was sick and then says, I didn't even want to tell you because you don't listen. In the span of time, those conversations start happening, you know, where the brother and the wife come and say, look, we need to tell you something. And you think, OK, well, that's progress. Because before you weren't saying anything. You were just talking at him angrily whenever he turned up. And that's five years worth of journey mm. condensed into 84 minutes. You filmed over five years? Or? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's why I love documentaries. Yeah. That's a dying art. That long-form documentary mm. is something that doesn't happen so often because mm. the funding's not there for it. That's you know? right. So, guys, that is Who's Gonna Love Me Now. Make sure you guys see it. It is very, very powerful. It is an amazing story, and I loved it, and you will love it. And there's some good music, too. Back row and chill with Noel Clark and Johanna James on Foo Bar Radio.